So I'd like to title my sermon this morning as Can the Dead Live Again? Can the Dead Live Again? And I believe it's a valid question. The question is and the question that is in front of us is can the dead live again? This is a very important question that was asked by a name called Job, a man called Job in the word of God long time ago. And this is what he says in Job chapter 14 verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? Can you ask the question to yourself this morning? If a man dies, shall he live again? In other words, can the dead live again? Will a man live again once he dies? You know, Job in his lifetime, if you remember, he went through many difficulties. He went through loss, sufferings, pain, and rejection, and shame. He went through so much in his life. And he was counseled and comforted by three of his friends, great friends. You remember them? You know, they came along his side and they're supposed to comfort them. And instead of comforting them, what they did, they accused him. You remember? They accused him and they were arguing with him and they became judgmental. And Job was not happy at all. You know, think of a situation when everything is broken in your life, when you are desperate, looking for somebody, someone calls you and again, an ad fuels to that burning fire. You come across that situation? Your mother-in-law calling you at some point of time? Your best friend. Even your best friend at times. Right? It happens in our lives. And Job was in such a situation and at this point, Job found no purpose of talking to his friends anymore. He decided, why don't you just talk to myself? Have you come across such people, those who are talking to themselves? Yes? You know, they just lost hope in people around, and then they just, just think that, you know, it's good to talk to myself. You know, why should it bother others? You know, Job did the same thing. He was talking to God, and he was talking to himself. He started describing his life. In Job chapter 14, he said how short the life is and how sorrowful the lifetime of a man is and how sinful it is and how delicate and fragile the life is. And he, I believe it's in the same chapter, he says that even if you cut down a tree and put down the tree on the face of the ground and when the, the water falls on the tree, it, it will shoot its tenders. But where is man when he is gone? Once he is gone, where is he? Nobody knows. We may mourn over them in a couple of weeks and a couple of days and months and think about them, but then where is he? It's gone. You know, those are the questions that Job had. Once his life ends, it ends forever. No one returns back to, back to life, returns back to life. Then he asked this question to God and to himself, can the dead live again? You know, there was no answer given immediately. Even if you read the entire book of Job, you don't see an answer immediately. You, do, you may see some prophetical words in the book of Job in the later part, in Job chapter 19 and so on, but you don't really get an answer. You don't really have things happen to you. You don't really, you know, see things happening. But this question was answered when Christ rose from the dead. Amen. Can you say an amen with me? Amen. Now this morning we are going to talk about the importance of resurrection. 
You know, resurrection is an important message this morning. We need to know resurrection, you know, how it was important. On the Friday, we were meditating on the word of God just to know that Christ was crucified for us at the cross. It is more than important than, it's more important than that, that to know that Christ is resurrected. You know, this morning we are going to talk about the importance of resurrection. Number one, Resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. Can you read that with me? Resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. If Christ is not risen, listen to me. If Christ is not risen, there is no foundation for Christianity. Our faith is empty. Our preaching is empty. Hope in Christ is very limited to only for this life. And we don't hope beyond the life that we are living today. And Jesus and the apostles, they become liars. If Christ is not risen, the word of God becomes a lie. It's nothing but a whole lie. But thank God, Christ is risen today. So resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. Resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith. Today we are able to believe in our Lord God. We are able to believe in him for a miracle. We are able to believe in for salvation of our family members. Because Christ is risen. Because Christ is risen. Resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. The apostles, they taught and they preached resurrection. Do you know that? Even though Jesus was risen, it was not believed by many people around. But then apostles made it a point that they wanted to preach on resurrection. Acts chapter 2, verse, we read this. Acts chapter 4, 2. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. You know, when Paul, as our Peter, preached the scriptures, these words, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, they were not very happy at all. You know, they thought that, you know, he's, he, he is blaspheming, he is, he is very heretical, and he is preaching something that is against the law of Moses. And they rose against Peter. They were really disturbed. They were greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. You know, resurrection was the central point of Peter's message many times in the book of Acts. And what about Paul? Paul was preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read that in Acts chapter 17 verse 31. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. This was Paul's message. So resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. And Paul was saying, if there is no resurrection, there is no Christianity. If there is no resurrection, there is no hope. Our faith is empty, our preaching is empty. You know, resurrection is running as a central theme, running as a very important nerve in the system of the church today. We want to turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, and if you want to just stay there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 18, I'm going to read those scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 18. Now, if Christ is preached, listen to these scriptures carefully, that he has been raised from the dead. How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. 
Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he had not raised up. If in fact the dead do not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or empty. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. You know, Paul talks about rights, the importance of resurrection. You know, this morning, you may be asking, why do we preach this sermon? Because it is known to me for years together. I have, I have seen many resurrection Sundays. You know, I have taught this. I have preached about it. Or probably I have you know, shared this story of resurrection with my, with my children. Why is it important? You know, on Friday, I guess we talked about it. You know, at times our faith is questioned. We are living in a time where the power of Antichrist and the power of devil is so high that our faith is questioned. You know, even the children of God, even those who confess the name of the Lord, they have questioned within the deep of their hearts. Is it so true? Is God so real? Is he really caring for me? Am I really a child of God? Whether my sins are washed away? Are you with me this morning, what I'm talking about? We have these questions. Running in our mind. It is very important to meditate. It is very important to think about what God has done to Lord Jesus Christ. And it is very important to you know, revisit and remeditate those thoughts. And that's the reason we are doing it. Number two, let's move further. First of all, we saw resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. Number two, resurrection validates the Old Testament prophecies. If Christ would not have risen, all the prophets would have become liars. All the prophets would have become liars. Thank God Christ is risen. Resurrection not only validates the Lord Jesus Christ's deity, but resurrection also validates the Old Testament prophecies which are spoken. You're not going to spend much time other than reading three prophecies which were spoken about resurrection. Psalm 16 verse 10. Psalm 16 verse 10. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. We'll talk about it in a moment. Daniel 12 verses 2 to 3. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life. Some, some to shame and everlasting contempt. We're talking about the prophecies, prophecy of David. And talked about the prophecy of Daniel. One more prophecy, Job. Job 19, 25 to 27. In the chapter of Job, the, 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 one of the scriptures I like the most. Job chapter 19. I, do, I agree that many of you do. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Can you read that with me? I know that my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed. This I know. You know, think about Job. He was prophetically speaking about the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. He's prophesying. For I know that my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. Can you confess this with me this morning? Verse 27, whom I shall, and after my, sorry, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. We're talking about the Old Testament prophecies. Resurrection validates the Old Testament prophecies. Number three. Resurrection validates who Jesus claimed to be. You know, Jesus claimed that he is the son of God. He claimed that he is the Messiah. Now, what is the proof? What is the proof for all this? 
You remember during his earthly ministry, Jesus, after performing a miracle, first miracle in Cana, he went to Capernaum. That's what the Bible says. And as it was the time of Passover, he went to Jerusalem, to the temple of God. And when he entered the temple of God, he found out the temple of God was filled with merchandise. What was going on in the temple of God? Business. Business was going on in the temple of God. What Jesus did? He made a whip, first of all. Yeah, before overturning, he made a whip. And what he did? He drew the sheep and the oxen and all the money changers. And what he did? I like this part of Jesus. What he did? He took a whip and he cast everybody out of the temple of God. And oxen were running and sheep were running. Everything was running and flying away. The, 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 the pigeons were flying and everything is happening inside the temple of God. And the money changers were in whatever money they could hold and they were just taking the money and running away. Why? Jesus was in the temple. And he came and he just, you know, he uh, overturned the money changers' tables just so that money is spilling out and everything is happening over there. Now, listen to me. That's not important. What is important is it to come. And he says, take this away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. In another portion, he says, you know, it is the house of God. It is the temple of God. It is called the house of prayer. You have made it as a den of thieves. And then his disciples remembered that it was written in the prophecy book saying, zeal for the house has eaten me up. Oh, Jesus is doing all those things because he's so zealous for the Lord, for it's the house of the Lord. And then the Jews were looking at things happening there in the temple of God. They didn't have any words to say. But instead they asked, this is the question they asked, they asked Jesus, why are you doing this? What authority you have to do all those things? And you know what? We read that answer, I think Jesus gave in John chapter 2. If you can go there, John chapter 2, verses 18 to 21. We are going to read the scripture. John chapter 2, verses 18 uh, to 21. So there we read, So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show us So since you do these things? That was the context. What sign can you show to us? That you have authority to do all these things. You know what? What is the replay? We are talking about resurrection validates who Jesus claimed to be. And verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will rise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. He was not speaking about the temple in Jerusalem. He was speaking about the temple of his body. And verse 22. So, okay, 22 continues. So, you know, they're, 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 the Jews were asking for a sign. What sign can you show us that you have the authority to do all these things? That you are a messiah, you are the son of God. What sign can you show that? And what was the sign there? When I am destroyed, I will rise. I will rise in three days. That was the sign. Has it happened? Yes? Are you sure? Has it happened? All of you? Yes, it happened in the history. It happened in the history. And resurrection validates who Jesus claimed to be. The resurrection of Jesus is also attested by hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses. Let's, let's come back to 1 Corinthians again. 
First Corinthians chapter 6, 15 is a very interesting chapter. I thank God that Paul wrote this chapter, First Corinthians 15. We are going to read from verses 3 to 8. Some of us know, some of us may not know this. Let, let's, let's listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. How Christ died? Why Christ died? Because it was prophetically spoken according to what is written in the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Everything happened according to the prophecy. Everything that is yet to happen, it is all written in the book, in the word of God. Where do we run to the prophets then? What do they have to say to us? Everything about your life, your future is in the book of God. This is the only prophetical book. There is no other prophet. This is the only prophetical book. Prophets are not to really predict our futures, but prophets are warned the nation from the destruction that is yet to come. You know, that's how God for prophets operated in the Old Testament. We need to consider those kind of people as prophets. You know, they give warnings and predictions for the destruction that is yet to come to the land. And they call upon the name of the Lord and they call the people of God, come and fast and pray so that the destruction may not come against the land. You know, those are the prophets. Not somebody who is laying your, their hands on your head and telling something. No, they are not the prophets. Prophets' call is different, totally different. They are called to warn the nation. And now things are happening because it is spoken so in the prophetical books. Amen. We are in verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now read, let's read verse 5. That's interesting. That's interesting. And that he was seen by Cephas. Then by 12. The resurrection Lord was seen by how many people? First by Cephas and then by the 12 apostles. And then after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Of whom the greater part remained to the present on the day when this was written, but some have fallen asleep. And verse 7, after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. He was, Paul was mentioning about his, himself. You know, the risen and Savior was seen by many people. And Jesus claimed that he will rise from the dead. And he did that. He did that. You know, we are talking about the authenticity of the word of God. We are talking about the, the, the reason, you know, why Jesus claimed himself to be the Messiah. Number four, resurrection proved his sinless character and his divine nature. Resurrection proved his sinless character and his divine nature. David the prophet calls him as holy one. The, the, the portion that we read, read from Psalm 16. That holy one refers to the sinless lamb of God. Who is that sinless lamb of God? Jesus. Amen. Jesus was the sinless lamb of God. Jesus is the sinless lamb of God. Let, let's go back to the prophetical book of uh, Psalms 16.10. Psalm 16 verse 10. David says, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. You will, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. I'll help you there what the prophet is saying here. That means Jesus is really holy and he is totally sin free. That his body will not see corruption or his body will not see decay. 
And this is proved through the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Now I was looking at the data on the medical science. Medical science give, gives the body decomposition timeline. And medical science says any dead body when it is buried, from 24 to 72 hours it takes for the internal organs to decompose. 72 hours, that means how many days? Three days. Right? Three days. So it takes that much time for any body parts to decompose. Three to five days after death, the body starts to bloat and blood containing form leaks from the mouth and nose. That's three to five days. Prophet says, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. Has it got fulfilled? Yes or no? Are you sure? Looks like some of us are now. You're sure, Joyce? Yes. Okay, thank God. Thank God. We are all sure that it got fulfilled. The prophecy got fulfilled when what David spoke. The body of Jesus did not see corruption. It was resurrected. It was caught up even before that. And I'm coming to something now. That's very important. Number five. Resurrection witnesses the immense power of God. Resurrection witnesses the immense power of God. Do you believe that resurrection is supernatural? Yes? You're okay? Or it is natural? Supernatural, right? Resurrection cannot just happen. You know, when you walk, when you go to superstore, you see that people falling down and dying and rising? No, you don't see that every day. It's not very natural. It is really supernatural. Now, the question is like, imagine if the dead body is coming back to life. I want you to imagine a dead body coming back to life. Have you all seen a dead body, by the way? Yes. Yes? Yes, that's a reality, right? That's a reality of life. Now, if there is a God who created the universe, follow with me carefully, only he can have the power over his creations. If there is a God who created the universe, and only he can have power over his creations, and who is that God? Hello, church, come on, who is that God? Our Jehovah, God, our triune God, amen? Are you awake this morning? Yes? Are you happy this morning? Are you with me this morning? Sure? Okay, right. Now, if there is a creator, if there is a creator, then he, only he can have the power to raise the dead creations. If there is a creator, only he can have the power to raise his creations from the dead. Only he who created life can resurrect it after death. Not everybody can do. As brother mentioned here this morning, there is no other religion that witnesses their leader is risen from the dead. No, no other religion. And Christianity, we say that Jesus is risen. And when you mention about Jesus, we also refer to the triune God. And he is the one who created the whole universe. And we all know that Jesus was part of the creation process. He was there even at that time. And now here we see Jesus rising from the dead. Now Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Paul is referring to whom? Who is the spirit of him? Spirit of him refers to whom? Holy Spirit. The spirit of him refers to whom? Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit rises Jesus. By the way, who raised Jesus from the dead? What Bible says? 
Okay, Bible says many things. It's not a quiz now. So Bible says many things. But now, we know, Bible also says, you know, very important scriptures, couple of scriptures, Bible says that Holy Spirit. Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Spirit of God. Holy Spirit. And then now here Paul says in Romans 8, 11, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, Spirit of Him, if you have this, I don't know that you have the scripture there, Romans 8, you may not have the scripture there. So, you know, in the H is capital. That refers to? God. If the spirit of God who raises Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And who raised, the Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead? The spirit of God. The spirit of God. So resurrection is, shows the immense power of the Holy Spirit. When the power of the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, what happened? Jesus was born. Now when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon the dead body of Jesus Christ, what happens? The body of Jesus raised from the dead now we are going to go to our chapter first corinthians chapter 15 and see what paul says about this first corinthians 15 54 and 55 and this is what paul says in 54 so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And now he asks, now he shouts, screams, saying, Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? And Paul says, he simply put this, he talks about the power of resurrection, the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ witnessed the power of God, and now if that happened to Jesus, and now Paul is saying this, it is going to happen to the, all those who believe. Amen? Now that's where we have trouble. We can understand that Jesus rose from the dead. Now how can you say that the Spirit of God can raise our bodies from the dead? We are talking about the power of resurrection. Now, we know that, you know, can God do that? He has the power to do it. He has the ability to rise us from the dead. Yes, you are sure, right? He is able to do it. Now, how do you know that he is going to do it? He, because he promised. Because it's written in the word of God. That's why we'll be believed, not because of somebody told. No, no, no. It's written in the word of God. Number six, resurrection guarantees eternal life. Can you read that with me? Resurrection guarantees eternal life when jesus said to martha and mary in, in a house where their death took place recently jesus looked at them and jesus said i am the resurrection and the life not only just resurrection but also life amen i'm the resurrection and i'm the life you know jesus is the source of both Jesus is the resurrection because he says, I am the resurrection. And he said, I am the life. He did not say that I have come to give you life. Yes, he said that. But then he says, myself is life. I am life. Now there is no resurrection apart from Christ. There is no eternal life apart from Christ. You know, there are many people claiming today. There are resurrection happening here and there. It can happen by the power of God. It can happen because the same Spirit of God, if that operates in a moment, it can happen. It can happen. But resurrection is only through Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, Jesus really does more than just giving life. Not just he was giving life, but he himself is life. And he gives life after resurrection. That scripture says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He gave gave life to us. That's the reason we are born on the face of this earth. Now when we are gone, we are going to rise from the dead. And then he continues to give life. He has been a life giver always. Even in the garden of Eden, he was a life giver. When you are conceived in the womb of your mother, he was a life giver. When you are, you are born, he was a life giver. Think of a moment, you know, during the birth, if the life was not given, you may not be alive today. God has given life to you. That's the reason some of us are alive. You know, we think about, you know, premature babies on the face of this earth. You know, how they survive because he's a life giver. If he decides to take life, he could have taken it, but he is a life giver. He's a life giver and he will continue to remain as a life giver even after our death. Now, how do we believe? How do you know that? Because Bible says that he is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What is the first fruit, by the way? What is the first fruit? You have a tree in your backyard and the tree has grown and you see a small blossom coming out of the tree and very soon you see, you know, a fruit coming from the tree. That's the first fruit. And what is the sign of the first fruit? Can any of you tell me? What does it indicate, the first fruit? Life? <laughs> okay. <laughs> first fruit, okay. Good, good, good. It's all good. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the first fruit indicates the fruit, more fruits are coming. More fruits are coming. You know, don't you know that some of the parents... Some of the moms, they start planning for the second baby even, the, even at the time of the birth of the first baby because first baby indicates that the babies are, more babies are on the way. Are you not happy about it? Yes? Yes? More babies are? On, may, not, may not be for you, but for the church. You know, in the church, there are more babies are on the way. Thank God. Yes? <laughs> okay. Right. So first fruit is an indication that there are more fruits are coming. Now let's go back to again 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 20 to 23, important scriptures. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. So the Bible talks about the first fruit, Jesus being the first fruit. And because he died and he rose from the dead, he is making a way for us to have eternal life. Are you with me? Because he rose from the dead and he went to eternity to live forever, he also he is making a way for us to rise from the dead. We are going to read a couple of more scriptures before we close. Because Christ is not dead, because Christ is risen from the dead, you and I have hope that we are going to rise with him one day. Amen. You know, that's where we, our faith need to be. That's where we need to have a strong desire of following Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 to 58. We are going to read the scriptures. And once we understand the scriptures, we are going to pray together. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. 
we shall not sleep we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed He's talking about two groups of people. One is those who are dead. And he's also referring that in a twinkling of an eye, a trumpet will sound. It is referring to the rapture that is going to come upon the church. And when we hear the trumpet sound, what will happen? There are two things. First, the dead will rise incorruptible and we shall be changed and how it happens verse 43 for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality verse 54 so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting O Hades where is your victory the stink of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57 we read here, but thanks be to God who give us, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What does it mean? The last scripture there. Can you read that with me? Therefore, my beloved brethren, he says, be steadfast. Read that with me. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, what does it mean our labor is not in vain? We are not just going to die forever. We have a life after our death. Our labor is not just going to go in vain. We are going to live with the Lord for eternally, forever and ever. And he says, you know, with these words you comfort one another in First Thessalonians. He says that when somebody is dead, you know, somebody is lost, you know, do not worry about it. Because our labor is not going to go in vain. But we should never stop what? Being steadfast. Being aggressive. Being immovable, all immovable, what does it mean? Very strong in our faith. Do not just shake. Do not waver in our faith, but be strong and abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, more, the work of the Lord is not going to come down. Can it ever come down? You know, some of us feel that, you know, I'm just doing more work for the Lord. I'm really tired. You know, I used to feel that at some time too. You know, all, most of us feel that, you know, sometimes, you know, how many days, if you count back this week, you know, how many days you came running to the church? Is it going to decrease? No. It's going to increase. The work of the Lord is going to increase. The need is going to be more and more in the coming days. And God is asking us. Our labor is not, telling us our labor is not going to go in vain. And this morning we talked about the importance of resurrection. As a summary, can you just quickly go through what we talked about? Number one, resurrection is the central theme of Christianity. Hope you understood now. Number two, resurrection validates the Old Testament prophecies. Number three, resurrection validates who Jesus claimed to be. Number four, resurrection proved his sinless character and divine nature. Number five, resurrection witnesses the immense power of God. And number six, resurrection guarantees eternal life. Shall we all stand?